Joe Biden promised the Taliban America would leave by August 31. Joe Biden promised American citizens in Afghanistan he would stay until he got them out. When the rubber hit the road, Joe Biden kept his promise to the Taliban and he broke his promise mm. to Americans. Hey folks, this is Frank Reynolds, and this is The Lies People Tell. And that was Senator Tom Cotton talking about the Biden debacle uh, known as the Afghanistan withdrawal. He made two promises, as Cotton said. He kept one to the Taliban, not the other one to the American people. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty unbelievable. It's, it's uh, disheartening, but it is what it is. And... Uh, they left a lot of people behind. Biden promised that he wouldn't do that, but he did. So he broke that promise. But he did keep the promise to the Taliban that we'll get out by August 31st, come hell or high water. And he did that. Because you know something? The Taliban is the ones that he really uh, wants to keep happy. The American people, not so much. And that was shown by uh, some of his... Uh, actions this week with uh, mandates for vaccinations that we'll talk about a little bit later we've got a big show today we've got a lot of different topics to talk about uh, a lot of breaking news the past weekend was 9-11 and uh, I, i'm not really going to go into uh, 9-11 because that's been talked about ad nauseum there's absolutely nothing i can add to it that you haven't already heard and i don't pretend to think that i could be so eloquent to actually add to the discussion. I remember very well where I was at. But one thing I will say, uh, they've made comparisons between the January 6th uh, riot at the Capitol and 9-11. Even George W. Bush, who has uh, become a very much of an embarrassment in many ways, uh, made the comparison. And I can tell you this, the obvious thing is there is no true comparison between 3,000 people dead and some people trespassing at the Capitol. But one thing you, here's one way you can always tell. And if anyone ever asked you why you don't think it's the same, here's why I know it's not the same. I can tell you exactly where I was at, who I was with, and what I was doing when I found out that the Twin Towers had been hit by the airplane and that a plane had hit the Pentagon and one had went down to Shanksville, Pennsylvania. I remember where I was at, what I was doing, who I was with, what was said perfect with perfect clarity. I cannot tell you where I was at and what I was doing and who I was with when January 6th, uh, the riot happened, and nor can you nor can anyone else. But I guarantee you, you asked anybody that lived through 9-11, and they can tell you exactly with great detail where they were at and what they were doing. Not so much with January 6th. And that's the difference. Detail gives you... Let me rephrase that. Lack of detail is an indicator of deception. 
detail, good, unique sensory detail, detail that involves one of the five senses will indicate almost always veracity and truthfulness. So if somebody says, oh, yeah, they're exactly the same, just ask them, well, tell me where you were at on 9-11, what you were doing. And then ask them, well, where were you? Or rephrase that. Let's do it backwards. If they say that, say, okay, tell me where you were at and what you were doing when on January 6th. And they'll say, well, I'm not really sure. Then say, well, well where were you at on uh, 9-11? And they'll be able to tell you. Because then you'll know for sure it's not the same. All right? So in, for other obvious reasons. But this is one way to say, listen, your lack of detail on January 6th tells me it was obviously not the same because you don't remember it the same way. It didn't have the same impact. So compare the two and say they were the same is nonsense and stop it. Just tell them to shut up and sit down, actually. Anyway, breaking news. Turns out that Millie, general, you know, thoroughly modern Millie, Millie Vanilli, Mark Millie, is as big a creep and possible traitor as many of us suspected. I certainly suspected. If you go back to one of my first podcast episodes, I think it may have been my second podcast episode as Trump and the generals. And I talked about these guys to include Millie and, uh, mad dog Maddox and all those guys and John Kelly. And I said that they weren't, they weren't in Trump's corner. And I said then, well over a year ago, that I felt like if they had the opportunity or if they felt it was necessary, they would do a military coup and walk Trump out. And I believe that even more so now with the revelations that Millie was calling the Chinese and telling them, listen, if Trump tries to start a war, I'm going to give you guys a call, give you a heads up before anything happens. Now, let that marble roll around your brain pan for a minute. The top military officer in the United States is calling our enemy, our global enemy, and saying, listen, I'm going to give you a heads up. If we tried, if we decide to attack you guys, I'm going to give you guys a heads up. I'm going to call you like maybe I'm like a spy in the Pentagon or something to, and tell you, hey, we're getting ready to attack just so you guys have the first shot to launch some nuclear missiles at us. Because in reality, isn't that what he's doing? Isn't he giving them the heads up to say, hey, you guys can strike first. I'm going to let you know before the plans. So you can retaliate first. The fact that he would even call them and say, I'm, you know, Trump may try to do something, but I won't let that happen. I'll call you beforehand, put them on high alert. And when they're on high alert, they're on a, it's a hair trigger moment. They've got their finger hovering over the red button that, that launches nuclear missiles at us because they're going to retaliate before we strike them. What the hell was this guy thinking? And here's the other thing. Who else did he call? Did he call Russia and say, hey, you know, if Trump tries to do something, I'm going to give you guys a call and give you guys a heads up firsthand. Or maybe Iran. I mean, who knows who this guy was talking to? 
Now, at this time, I'm recording this on Wednesday, uh, September 15th. He has not come out. This broke yesterday. He has not come out as of this recording at uh, 3.40 p.m. and denied any of the allegations that's been put out into the media. Let me tell you something, and I've talked about this in the past. The lies are long. The truth is short. And if you come out and someone tell, says that you made these calls to the, our enemies and told them, listen, you know, I'm going to give you a heads up. If we attack, I'm going to, cause that's a military coup. He's basically taking over. He's, he's aiding and abetting the enemy and which would be treasonous or at least conspiracy to commit treason. And he, he's calling these people <laughs> and, you know, making these promises, you know, at that point he has subverted the constitution. He has basically removed the president, the civilian control of the military from the picture. He's one step away from having a military coup. And I'll tell you, I really think, I really believe if Trump would have won the election, they would have, they would have had a military coup. I think Milley was fully prepared to take over and take the president Trump out. I know that sounds crazy. I know it sounds far fetched, but does it sound that far fetched? Now that we know that Milley's calling all of our enemies and tell them, listen, if he launches something, I'm going to give you a heads up beforehand. And oh, he's also working with, and this, this call happened in October before the election, after election, January 8th, two days after the January 6th riot on January 8th, he's talking, uh, to the Chinese again, but also he's talking with Pelosi and Schumer and they're basically Pelosi and Schumer's trying to goad him into relieving, taking out the president of the United States. I mean, this is unbelievable. How this guy survives this is beyond me. I know this. He should be tried for treason. At a minimum, he should be relieved of his command and court-martialed. I don't think any of those things will happen, but maybe. Uh, but I, I can tell you, I don't know the, what the statute of limitation runs on treason or conspiracy to commit treason. I know that with a court-martial, even though you retire as an officer, you're never really retired. You're placed on inactive ready reserve, meaning you can be called up at any time. So if they wanted to, uh, at, after 2024 and 2025, if they wanted to court martial him, they could call him back to active duty and court martial his ass and take away his pension and all his privileges. And I'll tell you at this point, if it turns out that this, these allegations are true, I would do it. I don't think the statute of limitations will have run on tre uh, treason either. At that point, will that happen? I don't know. Does anyone have the guts or political will to do it? Once again, I don't know. It's a hell of a thing though, isn't it? It is unbelievable. You know, we're living in some, not only strange times, we're living in some dangerous times when the head of the military thinks that he can basically 
take the president out of the picture and he makes the decisions on what's going to happen. I'm in charge. You're no longer in charge. I'm in charge. We need to get, we need to get this right. Even Biden should be upset about this because they does it to Trump. What's anyone to, why would he think that he wouldn't do it to Biden? I mean, hell Biden is a lot more of a, mental incapacitated than Trump ever was. And another thing is, is Trump was the least warlike president of all of our presidents. He got us in no wars. He got us out. He tried to keep us out of conflicts abroad because it didn't really benefit the American people, which is what he was concentrating on. So he wasn't a hawk in any respect, not like Biden. You know, this was, Trump derangement syndrome run amok. And a guy like that, that is that mentally weak and impaired that, you know, thoroughly modern Millie is should not be anywhere in command of anything. Honest to God, I wouldn't follow that guy into a dairy queen. Good Lord. All right. So next thing, enough about that nonsense. Next thing. I don't know if you saw AOC, and uh, she, she's, she is a gift that keeps on giving. She is a piece of work. AOC uh, was, first off, this week talking about, you know, they're very upset about the Texas uh, abortion law where, you know, the abortion law in Texas now is after six weeks, you can detect a heartbeat. It's no longer, you know, a clump of tissues. It is a living person. And they're not going to allow uh, abortion. So everybody's up in the arms about it, and they're very crazy. And, of course, AOC has to spout off because she thinks she's so smart. She thinks she's got it figured out, and she's going to school everybody. So just take a listen. Well, I find Governor Abbott's comments disgusting, and I think there's twofold. One, I don't know if... He is familiar with a menstruating person's body. In fact, I do know that he's not familiar with a woman, with a, a, a female or menstruating person's body. A wonderful young bartender. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, menstruating person. She can't even say the word woman. I'm, I mean, who is a menstruating person if it's not a woman? Okay? It's this n- crazy nonsense of not being able to say certain words or we have to use certain words that's creating a large problem for us. And that's part of what's uh, happened here with this Afghanistan pullout. I mean, after 9-11-2001, the Taliban attacked us and we went in there and uh, with the Taliban, the Al-Qaeda attacked us with the help of the Taliban. We went in there and cleaned house. 20 years later, we leave. The Taliban is better equipped and stronger than when we went over there the first time. So we've learned basically nothing about how, at the geopolitical level, of how to deal with this situation. At the tactical level, we've been in war for 20-some years. Tactically, our guys on the ground, the boots, man, they, they, they're shit hot. They know their stuff. I mean, as far as war goes, hey, nobody knows this stuff better than us. We just don't have any leaders with political will. And trust me, when I talk about we have the best military in the United States, but I'm talking from 
maybe ma- lieutenant colonel or major down below, company grade officers and enlisted people. Once you get be above a, an 05 lieutenant colonel, you get to the colonel rank and the general ranks, they're, they're not warriors. They're politicians. Millie may have been a warrior at one time when he was a captain, but he hasn't been a warrior in a long time. None of those guys on the Joint Chiefs staff has been warriors for a long time. Just listen to you know him spouting about how he wants to understand white rage. But back to uh, AOC. So she can't even use the word women. And, and so... You know, how, how do you even talking about abortion if you can't even use proper nouns like woman or women? I mean, it's, it's, it's disgusting. It's stupid. But Candace Owens had a response to her. Oh, gosh. Isn't it so sad that we have to talk about basic biology, especially when we're dealing with uh, somebody who's a 32-year-old congresswoman? I'm sorry, did I say congresswoman? I meant Congress menstruating person, because apparently we're no longer allowed to say women. I mean, this is so ridiculous. And here's what's really funny. She immediately cripples her own argument here, right? Her argument is that the evil GOP, they're taking away uh, actions that women were allowed to take via abortion. and But she's immediately saying something worse. Forget the actions women can take. Are women even allowed to exist anymore? This is what her side represents. It is so radical to not even be able to formulate the word woman because you feel too scared because you need to accommodate all of these various genders and trans people are also women and this is also women. No, women are women. If you cannot enter a debate about abortion and even identify what it means to be a woman, you have no place in that debate. In my personal opinion, I've said this, I actually think AOC is very good for the Republican Party. She's very good for conservatives. I think she shows people just how radical the left has become. In fact, there was never this much conversation about how radical the left is until she entered in and she said, I'm a socialist. She started stomping around. And so people may not like her platform, but I think it is for the better. You know, when she does something like she did today and she says, oh, the patriarchy and and patriarchal ideas and all of this stuff that they're saying and they're reducing us to a uterus, while at the same time not recognizing that she's reducing women to the idea that we're just menstruating persons, which is way worse. I'd rather be a uterus than be referred to as a menstruating person. You know, it, it's good for our side. People need to see this. People need right. to see how just how radical the left has become. Yeah, I mean, it's it really is unbelievable how the radical they have become. And she's the leader of the party. It's not Nancy Pelosi. It's not Joe Biden. She's the one setting the agenda, and they all have to kind of dance to her tune. It's, it's really crazy. But then, on a lighter note, I don't know if you saw where she had attended this, the Met, the Met, the Metropolitan Opera Gala, and it's a $30,000 plate fundraiser, and she was dressed in this white dress, very tight, you know, white dress, and it was written, painted in red, Tax the Rich. But if you didn't look closely at it, that white dress really looked like she was dressed in a Chick-fil-A bag. You know how the Chick-fil-A bag is white with red writing on it with a red chicken on it? If you didn't look closely at that, it looked like she was wearing a Chick-fil-A bag. So, you know, <laughs> and you know, maybe she should. If she'd go to Chick-fil-A, maybe she'd lighten up a little bit. You know what I mean? Have a, a chicken sandwich. They're delicious. Some you know, waffle fries. Maybe that would, you know, get her to be quit so uh, grumpy and, you know, scolding everybody all the time about, you know, rah, 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 you know, you've got to listen to me. I'm in charge. Like, oh, good Lord. So 
Yeah, she's she's a piece of work. She's a piece of work. Uh, on to other things. Got uh, some news here, a little FBI news. Had a couple of firings uh, of uh, people or agents I've talked about in the past involved with a couple of big cases. Uh, first one was the headline says FBI agent. Uh, FBI fires agent who failed to pursue tips about sex abuse by USA gymnastic doctor Larry Nasser. Says here, uh, an FBI agent accused of failing to properly investigate former USA gymnastic doctor Larry Nasser and lying about it later has been fired by the FBI days before a high stakes public hearing into the Bureau's flawed investigation of the child sex abuse case involving Simone Biles and other world famous gymnasts. Michael Langman, who was a supervisory special agent in the FBI's Indianapolis office, interviewed gymnast Michaela Maroney in 2015 about her alleged abuse at the hands of Nasser, lost his job last week. Two familiar people familiar with the matter told the Washington Post. A July report by Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz harshly criticized Langman, criticized Langman without naming him, as well as his former boss, Jay Abbott, for their handling of the Nasser case, saying the FBI failed to pursue it and then lied to an inspector and general investigators when confronted with these failures. Uh, Christopher Ray uh, Langman's declined to comment, uh, and it says here, uh, FBI Director Christopher A. Ray, who became director after the FBI bungled the Nasser case, is due to appear before the Senate Judiciary Committee on Wednesday to answer questions about the investigation. He's already pledged to make significant changes on how agents pursue investigations involving sex crimes against children. Uh, let's see here. What else? There's another part here I wanted to tell you about. Oh, said the report said, oh, it said the inspector general's report found numerous and fundamental errors in the FBI's handling of the case that agents violated multiple FBI policies and that the Indianapolis office never opened an investigation or assessment of Nasser when the allegations were brought to them. The report found that although the supervisory special agent, Langman, interviewed a gymnast in 2015 about her claims of Nasser's abuse, he did not write a formal report of that interview, known as the 302, until 17 months later. Maroney's lawyer has even said that the report is fundamentally inaccurate. Yeah, because here's the here's the deal. Inside information here. When you interview someone in the FBI, you have five days to write that up and submit it to the supervisor for approval. Five days. Five days. Not 17 months. 17 months, you're not going to remember what happened. And if you didn't take copious notes, you really won't remember. But even if you took copious notes, 17 months, memory's flawed. That's why you take copious notes and you write it up within five days so it's still fresh in your memory. And trust me, when you go to trial and the attorney knows that you, you went outside that five-day uh, limit on writing that up, especially if it's 17 months, he is going to spend a whole lot of time impeaching you on the stand about how you went outside the FBI regulations, that your report has to be inaccurate, probably is inaccurate, and that what other rules do you break because you just don't feel like you, you have to do that? Uh, it's, it was, it's pretty unbelievable. And as I've said in the past, 
you know, they fail to do this job because they just don't care. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't important enough to them. You know, it's as simple as that. They didn't want to do the extra work. They didn't think it was important. Who knows? The next one, though, is FBI fires Whitmer case agent amid wife-beating allegations. The FBI has fired one of its lead agents credited with thwarting a plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer after he was charged with beating his wife following a swingers party. The Detroit News has learned. The firing of Special Agent Richard Trask earlier this week comes amid questions about agent misconduct and whether as many as 12 informants were driving the alleged conspiracy. Trask was fired, according to a source familiar with his case, while awaiting trial on a charge of assault with intent to do great bodily harm and allegations he smashed his wife's head against a nightstand and choked her after a dispute stemming from their attendance at a swingers party in July. Trask was also moonlighting as a personal trainer, and it is unclear if his supervisors at the FBI were aware or had approved the job. Now, if you get a picture of this guy, and you can look him up, uh, he looks like a kind of a freak. He's got a shaved head, and he's got a Duck Dynasty beard. Now, let me tell you something. As a retired FBI agent, worked a lot of cases, that's really... Personal grooming, that's kind of a big deal. You want to put forth a professional image. That's not professional. The fact that this guy, as a case agent, now he wasn't working undercover. He wasn't going out there working undercover, but he's he, he's trying to look like he's an undercover guy. And some of these guys go a little negative, and they like to play the role of I'm a big, bad undercover guy, and that's why I got to wear biker clothes or I got to grow a beard long and all this stuff. This guy was a case agent. He had nothing to do with the undercover operation other than he was running it. He was not part of one of the undercovers meeting with people, being involved with the group. So that long beard and shaved head, inappropriate. But it makes you say to yourself, what is going through this guy's head? And he may be a little too close you know, personally involved with this case, which I think is the case. What will happen was this guy got very, you know, he, he saw this case as a career maker and his supervisors. Cause th- he didn't do this by himself. He's just the guy that's going to be the fall guy. Everybody up the chain of command, all the way up to the seventh floor of the FBI knew all about this case and knew exactly what they were doing, but someone's got to pay. And it's always going to be the guy on the lowest rung. Luckily, for the FBI, and unfortunately for him, he decided that he he was going to take his wife to a swingers party. She didn't want to swing. He takes her home, chokes her out, and beats her head against the nightstand in her bed. What nice guy. Now, this is the kind of guy you want, right, running a high-level investigation concerning the kidnapping of a sitting governor. Honest to goodness, this you know, it's, but the FBI is like, oh, when that, at least we can fire this guy, and now they can start the process of trying to sweep this under the rug. I assume, unbelievable. This is, uh, yeah, uh, our institutions, every institution we have in America, the the Justice Department, the FBI, Congress, the Senate, the House of Representatives, the Senate, the White House. 
the military, none of them are functioning anymore. We do not have a functioning government anymore. Huh? <laughs> I know it's like, oh gosh, you know, uh, why are you laughing? Well, because I don't want to cry right now. I mean, you, you almost have to laugh at it because you can't do much about it. And the absurdity of all this is just sometimes over the top. Which brings me to my last topic. Uh, today we learned that Norm McDonald died. Uh, Norm McDonald, if you're not familiar with him, is a great comedian. He's not everyone's cup of tea. I liked his stuff. I thought him to be very funny, but he's got a very dry, snarky sense of humor, uh, which I always thoroughly enjoy. Uh, he's been around a long time. He did five years on SNL as the Weekend Update guy. He's made a few movies, had a few stand-up uh, things. But the guy was incredibly funny, but in a very unique way. He had a very unique delivery. He was fearless in what he would say. And he would find the thing that he knew that would be the most uh, probably offensive to you or the thing that's really going to put you on edge and make you feel very uncomfortable. And he would go at that mercilessly. And he didn't use a lot of bad language or anything like that, but he would, you know, like I saw a clip of him doing a, uh, uh, at a, uh, the correspondence dinner during Clinton's administration. And he's making jokes about Clinton having affairs and, uh, being married and not being married and girls and all this stuff. And he's doing it right in front of Hillary and bill. And you can tell it's just like awkward he didn't care. He did not care. He loved saying the thing that would get people going. He, he took great pleasure in that. And I don't know if he believed half of what he said, but boy, was he a master at uh, cranking him up. But one other thing about the guy, and I, I heard him talking about this many, many years ago on the Dennis Miller show. He's talking about spirituality and uh, belief in God. And, you know, and he said people, you know, asked him, other celebrities, like, why you believe in God? You believe in this this person in the sky and you, you believe in all that stuff? And he's like, yeah. Like, why? They couldn't understand why. He said, well, I look at it like this. You know, I believe, always have. He says, but if I'm right... I gain everything. And if I'm wrong and there is nothing to it, what have I lost? And there's, and I thought the simplicity of that logic makes perfect sense to me. You know, if you believe and it's true and everything you believe, it turns out to be true that there is a heaven, there is an afterlife and you're going to share it with all your loved ones. Well, that's great. And if it turns out that everything we believe that we're going to go to heaven and share it with loved ones and it turns out not to be true. Well, what have we lost by believing that, you know, because we've enjoyed our life. We've taken solace in that and it's helped us uh, lead a better life because it gives us some guide rails on how to act and how to conduct ourselves. You know? So I thought, wow, that I always, always appreciate that. So with that, you know, to give a little salute to uh, 
a comic that is, you know, we'll never hear comics like him again because comics are not allowed to be funny. They're not allowed to be offensive. As they say, in comedy, there's always a victim. Somebody's always going to be victimized in, in good comedy. And he was a master of it. And, you know, you're not going to see that again. So I'm going to play you a little bit of some of his best stuff. Uh, this is from uh, the Weekend Update, uh, you know, it's, and you can look this up. It was on YouTube, the 25 top jokes from SNL's w- update, and they were all Norm MacDonald, <laughs> and some of them are, are really good. Some of them are a little brutal, but some of them are good. So let me play some of that. It's a long clip, but I, and I might not play it all, but I'm going to give you a taste of it. Hollywood prostitute Divine Brown has written a book describing in lurid detail exactly what she did with Hugh Grant. The book sells for $25, but for $35, she'll show you. (laughs) At the White House this week, President Clinton officially came out against same-sex marriages. What's more, the president said he is not too crazy about opposite-sex marriages either. (laughs) A new FBI study shows that for the first time, Americans are more likely to be killed by a stranger than a loved one or acquaintance. Their advice? Introduce yourself to as many people as possible. The American Academy of Pediatrics has released an updated list of unsafe baby products. Topping the list this year is the really, 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 really high chair. (laughs) Dr. Jack Kevorkian was responsible for another death this week, this time a 58-year-old woman. She is the 26th of Kevorkian's patients to die since 1990. When are people going to realize he is not a good doctor? (laughs) Do not go to this man. The richest girl in the world, billionaire Athena Onassis, celebrated her 10th birthday this week. What's it like to be the richest girl in the world? Well, to give you some idea, at the party, they had two cakes. Julia Roberts told reporters this week that her marriage to Lyle Lovett has been over for some time. The key moment, she said, came when she realized that she was Julia Roberts and that she was married to Lyle Lovett. (laughs) The results are in for 1995, and once again, Microsoft CEO Bill Gates is the richest man in America. Gates says that he is grateful for his huge financial success, but it still makes him sad when he looks around and sees other people who have any money whatsoever. <laughs> In a brilliant move during closing arguments, Simpson attorney Johnny Cochran put on the knit cap prosecutors say O.J. wore the night he committed the murders. Although O.J. may have heard his case when he suddenly blurted out, hey, hey, easy with that. That's my lucky stabbing hat. <laughs> And in music news, number one on the college charts this summer was Better Than Ezra. And at number two, Ezra. (laughs) (laughs) 
According to a controversial new biography, Elizabeth Taylor likes her lovemaking loud, rough, and frequent. Coincidentally, that's also how she likes to eat. <laughs> well, it's official. There you go. Michael Jordan. Okay, I'm sorry. That uh, <laughs> ended abruptly. Uh, Norm MacDonald. Uh, piece of work. All right, rest rest in peace, Norm. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you haven't uh, subscribed to the podcast, please do. I uh, appreciate that. If you want to leave me a rate and review, just scroll down to the bottom of uh, uh, the podcast on uh, your iPhone, and you can leave a rate and a five-star review or five-star rating and a review. That would be great. That helps me move up the charts. Uh, remember... Got a book coming out here in the next few months. I'll talk a little more about that here coming up soon, but uh, I'll let you know when that you can pre-order that. And with that, uh, just remember, you know, stand for the flag, kneel for God. We'll see you next week. Bye.